Thought Bubble Audio. It's honestly, I can't tell when I'm just listening to you, um, but it should be fine. Frank figured out like a longer t- a tweak that we can do for the, the like from the editing side. So um, I know he's really earning his intern salary. Um, all right, cool. All right, you ready to go? All right, welcome back to Loud Women. We are two loud women talking about Shrill, the Hulu series, based on Lindy West's novel, Shrill, Notes from Loud Women. I'm Marissa, and I'm here as always with my friend Tookie. Hello. Uh, Hello to our listeners. Welcome to Shrill. Uh, We're about to get into some full 70s bush. Episode three of season two. So good. Each episode, I'm like... The the one thing that I'm I'm noticing as we're going through the season is that I feel like each episode is getting funnier and funnier where it's like Adie is just able to kind of like let her freak flag fly more and more. And like this this episode was no exception. This was such a good one. Mm-hmm. And I took like a page of notes and I'm really excited to talk about it. So this is season two, episode three. It is called Skate. Um, if this is your first episode joining us, we have recapped the previous two episodes as well as all of last season. So if you scroll back, you can see a lot more from us. Um, but today we are here to talk about Skate. So any any overall thoughts on this episode before we jump in? I um I like the fact that you mentioned that A.D. Bryant is letting her uh, freak flag fly here. I can never pronounce because I'm English is my second language and this is it's hard. It's hard. This is a hard one. Um, Yeah, especially because I think um, I wouldn't say she's a periphery player on SNL, but we don't see her in as she's she's prominent. She's a senior cast member at this point, but we don't see her as often or like being the head of a sketch as it's true. often and so i think here uh with this show shrill she's really finding her voice especially as a writer and because mm-hmm. she's at the center of the story playing annie who is an extension of lindy west's character character well person person <laughs> uh, you, if you read the book you know <laughs> uh but yeah so i think here especially because uh the season one relied more heavily on um, the source material of Lindy West's memoir. In season two, we have more of a story arc for Annie on her own. And I think with A.D. Bryant at the helm and just further developing her voice as a writer and performer, uh, we're really seeing her shine in season two. It's true. There was, you know, so much of last season, we were talking about the really significant subject matter they were taking on. Um, and how how different that was. But what I'm finding with season two is that it's not just the subject matter that's really good. It's also those little mo- just the moments of dialogue are so are written in such a different way. Like writing women who talk to each other in such a silly way, in such a funny, silly, stupid way. Um, it's delightful. Like it's just it's so funny, and that's how a lot of us talk to each other. Um, and it's kind of cool to see that being being translated on on screen. So yeah, I'm um, very into it. So episode three, uh, I've been excited to see this episode for a while because there was a lot of promo shots from this one. Mm. So a lot of the promo photos we got were everyone in '70s outfits in this amazing skating rink, and I was like, 
I need to I need to watch this episode. I'm so excited. So I was thrilled to finally see this come to fruition. I mean, it, nothing's going to top the dress in my heart. The sparkly dress from season Ooh, one. That was the best promo shot of all time. For sure. Yeah. Like best, best dress. But this is a woman of size having fun, which like, why did it take till 2020 for this to be normalized on television? Again, I know. It's unbelievable. We talk about that all the time, just seeing her joy and pleasure and having a great time. This is a perfect example of that. So this episode started out with Annie at an interview, um, interviewing at the Bridgetown Tribune, which is a daily paper. Basically, she gets offered an unpaid internship, uh, which felt very relatable, (laughs) where you're like, um, she goes, that sounds so nice. I also need money. And I feel like a lot of us have been there where it's like, wait a second. No, hold on. I have skills. I need to get paid. What's what's happening here? She in that interview, she said a lot of things aloud that I feel like is um, internal monologue for everyone at a job interview. (laughs) Just the whole like, no, but but actually, are you going to pay me that unpaid? But I'm here for this job for money. Like I, I felt that when she said that I was like, "Ooh, I'm right here. I'm right here with you. <laughs> it was. It's like so many people in, in this generation, too. I think that's so real for us where it's like you need to have three to five years of experience to perform this entry level role. And it's like, hold on a second. <laughs> that's not how jobs work. Like, pay me. Pay me money. So that was a that was a funny little moment. But it, it set it set the scene a bit. And then she she mentioned that it's been a bad month mm. which also helped us realize okay we've jumped ahead about a month since the last episode so a good amount of time has passed which i think is relevant as we move into the rest of the episode um so we see ryan go back to the hardware store where he was fired from which just was sort of a funny little scene because i know we made a lot of jokes about does ryan even have a job what does he do but hey ryan had a job he worked at the hardware store retail is not for the faint of heart as someone who has worked at both the gap and urban outfitters i can tell that's hardcore it's hardcore shit in the retail field (laughs) yeah you gotta have those cans facing forward you know you gotta keep those labels for which one was more soul sucking just as a quick aside the gap gap the gap oh all day because like urban has its issues but the community that i love the people i genuinely loved the people who i worked with um at urban outfitters controversy aside because it's a it's a it's a place it's a company it's a company i can say it's trash (laughs) but the gap um the gap yeah yeah (laughs) so the only other the only other thing i wanted to well we'll leave we'll leave the past in the past i was just curious if one was worse yes the gap (laughs) um so i the one other thing i did enjoy about this scene is that the boss finally threatens him get out of here before i call the cops and he doesn't react or your mother and then he leaves and i was like classic this is like classic season one ryan afraid of his mommy you know what? We know who we're dealing with now. We just, this is who he is. Yeah. I just, I, now it kind of concerns me about what his character arc will be. Cause like, do we see, do we get to see growth from him at all? I feel like we are, but we'll, we'll let's get, we'll get into that a little bit more later. Okay. Cause I feel like we're starting to, I have some, I have some feelings on, on Ryan and his growth, but uh, so then speaking of people acting like children, uh, Annie goes back to her parents' house, realizes they aren't home and steals a bunch of shit. That's um, a whole mood. 
I, I made I made a list. She stole apples, cleaning products, a baguette, <laughs> and toilet paper. And that's the one that I don't know if you've ever been at this point in your life, Tookie, but I have stolen a lot of toilet paper in my day. <laughs> because you know what? It's people just leave it out for you. They want you to take it. It's just out there. And it's so annoying to run out of toilet paper and have to go to a store and buy new toilet paper. And so you know what? McDonald's is not going to miss it if I take two rolls and put them in my purse. I, You see, I'm too particular about what goes uh, up and in my crevasse. Like I got a high I'm, standard. I'm very like it's probably my carbon footprint is trash. Like, let's just be honest. <laughs> so it's probably terrible for the environment, but I'm very specific about the type of toilet paper I use. Mm. you know charmin so you- charmin ultra soft can we get a sponsor charmin ultra soft and cottonelle wipes with the aloe flushable wipes oh. yeah i'm very listen you are a pretty pretty you, <laughs> you like that is you are taking care of your rear yes. oh my god she's got the wipes going and everything i'm a potty princess with no shame no shame. this is the most cambridge thing you've ever said in your entire life and and i you own use that. flushable wipes i own that i own it i I oh I know who I am, but no judgment yeah. to anybody who needs to. You know, you got to do what you got to do. If you got to steal the you know roll, what? it's it's a it's an easy thing to steal, and nobody ever misses it. So th- my my other thought on this was at first I was like, oh, she went to visit her parents, and they weren't home, so she took the stuff. But she came with a giant empty duffel bag, and so this was premeditated. This is a heist. And so in this moment. <laughs> I'm like, Annie, you know, we make fun of Ryan for being like a mama's boy, but like, you're kind of a piece of shit too. Like, I mean that in the most loving way. Like, you know, we all have those days where you're like, oh, I'm kind of a piece of shit. Annie's kind of a piece of shit. I mean, I I know I advocated for her being selfish in season one, but like, this is, this is, kleptomania is a whole different kind of selfish. It's just like Annie, buy an apple. Get like I, get what? Like, come on, get it. To, get a side job. You're don't come on. Don't do this. Sell foot. But picks. I respected it. Right. If, ask your parents to buy you groceries. You know, True. we all have down times. Anyway, I just found that very funny, and that was such a like. If a guy did that, I would be like, "Ew, you are trash. Get out of my face." But Annie, I'm like, yeah, you're a little bit trash too. But I, I respect it. I see you. All right. So what else? So she meets Amadi for sushi after this. She's talking about her interview, basically alludes that she's going to get the job. That's when things start to unravel, go off the rails. What's that? (laughs) Unravel a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Things are, she really put the, put the train in motion. Um, And this is, this is where we get the part where uh, he invites her to Ruthie's birthday party, studio 54 theme must have a full bush, which I don't know if they're checking at the door, but I really respect that that is the tone going into Ruby's. Like, that is the greatest RSVP to send out ever. Like, can can I make it yes or no? Will you be trimmed? Like, you know what? That Hey, didn't I say, I said during our live stream, we got to take care of our pubes in 2020. Condition your pubes. So like, here we are. You saw this coming. I'm telling you. There was... You're seeing into the future, girl. My, That's like... My yoni chakra is speaking. <laughs> 2020. Keep it conditioned. So lastly, before they leave, Annie's trying to pay for this bill with a Radio Shack gift card <laughs> that she must have found when she was ransacking her parents' house for valuables um, and deemed that valuable. I like that she tries to justify it by saying, it says Radio Shack, but you can use it anywhere. I'm like... Annie, do you know how money works? <laughs> like, no. Um, so I just found that just delightful. Ah, a memory. So 
we kick it back to uh, Annie and Fran's house, which again is my favorite place and I want to move in and it's just always so cozy. Um, so they're there with, uh, we've got Fran, Emily's there again, who it seems like Emily's going to be around a lot this season. I've noticed they've got a couple other friends there too. They have a lot of like friends that are just always in their home. It feels very like 90s sitcom mm. where it's like everyone's just hanging out in the living room and I respect that yeah. but it feels like a lot. But it's like also <laughs> not New York where the rent is unaffordable and they have this weirdly large house so i don't feel like it's completely unrealistic i'm shading the shit out of friends right now it's true this is this is like a realistic version of friends it's like hey we live in a city where it's affordable to have a life and so that's how we can afford to have a couch and i'll be sitting around here all day because that's the one thing with friends how y'all sitting at a coffee shop every day like don't you guys have jobs like it's two in the afternoon also this show has black people so like light years ahead of friends that is another big win. This is two points for Shrill, none for Friends. <laughs> none. We're already off to a better start. So um, we this is where we find out that Fran has not had sex in a month. So this is, again, our, our little bit of a time jump. We're seeing basically since she found out about Vic, she hasn't been having any sex uh, and only mild masturbation. I can't remember. She, just, just occasionally when it's when it's necessary. So total dry spell but i like i liked this quote in the scene it's only a dry spell if you're thirsty Boom. and i like that because you know what if we're taking ownership of it we're making intentional choices an intentional dry spell it's not it doesn't count unless you're thirsty exactly so i i respect that she's taking a step back she's chilling out she's trying not to be a piece of shit with the ladies anymore and get her head on straight and i like that uh i mean personal experience personal experience side note like huh <sighs> I am fully supportive of um, this new advent of women being able to enjoy sex. Oh my gosh, right? Like it's a whole thing. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be the end all be all, right? For me, at least, I, I, people are always like, for real? I was um, celibate for like eight years at one point. Just hey, voluntarily, the, just like. Yeah, you just made the choice. Yeah. You didn't need that. Yeah. You know, it's like. Dick is abundant, but let me if take care of it, me. Exactly. Like as a woman, this is one one of the few female privileges we have. If that's something you want, you can access that. Also, there's not. It's not hard. Wait a minute. No, but this is. Oh, but there. Fran is a lesbian, so this is not a dick situation. But anyway, sex is out there. But if you same yeah idea. same say same old say right you know just different equipment whatever. Uh, <laughs> sex is out there. But sometimes you got to heal your own heart and your inside. Look, I'm getting my Iyanla fix my life on right now. <laughs> but like, you got to, you know, sometimes you just got to be alone for a minute and learn who you are. It's true. I think, um, I think when Annie called Fran out and basically called her a female Ryan a while back, I feel like that hit her because she's mentioned it again and then <clears throat> like she mentioned that specific comment that I think it really hurt her feelings. And I think that this is a clear response to her um, pushing it too far and being kind of a fuckboy. And she said something at the end of this scene, like, um, I'm done. No more destroying all the women in the Northwest. And I, I think that's fair. She realized she was being reckless with people's hearts and feelings. And so she's like, you know what? I need to just kind of take a chill pill for a minute. And um, I think we'll, I'll be interested to see this side of Fran. That's like a little bit more introspective and like, you know, taking some time to work on herself. Yeah. And again, three-dimensional character. We say this every time. But like, 
there's we're getting more and more layers to Fran every episode. Even when she wasn't in this episode much, it was only a minute, but it was enough that we got a little bit of like Fran's progression as a human being yes. in, a, in a cool way. Ugh, it's su- it's such a. I hate the fact that it took until 2020 to just give us a a a a, a woman of color on a TV show who's not just mm-hmm, yeah girl, just like a human. <laughs> A whole human with a whole story. Exactly. It doesn't seem like it was that hard, but apparently it was. Yes. So I'm, I, I see it and I appreciate it every time. Yes. So we're now we're going to Ruthie's party, um, which Annie walks in with Ryan, who immediately says, "You didn't tell me this was a fe- a '70s <laughs> theme," which was hilarious because my favorite part is he had his little blue sh- t-shirt and his little shorty shorts and the t-shirt was like pulled up over his belly a little bit so he had just like two inches of man fur just sticking out like his little gut (sighs) and that just happened that was just what he was wearing it just he did it wasn't cute like he looked like one of the kids from stranger things who had (laughs) who hit puberty real hard like in the worst way like i'm (laughs) i'm sorry to put that image in anybody's head but that's exactly, it literally it looks like a little boy accidentally grew up way too quickly and was wearing the same outfit. So not, not a great look, but like he was coming in with good boyfriend energy. Mm-hmm. Like he came in with a good attitude. Like he wanted, you know, he, he sort of got sucked away to go hang out with some of the bros, but like he was very clear to make sure that she was good right. and she let him go with it. No, but that, that the visual of him though, he looked like if Tom Hanks in big just went way wrong. Like, it, oh, <laughs> like <laughs> just like 85% more hair everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Like Zoltan, the fortune teller booth really screwed this one. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Also, I've just, <laughs> oh, ex- I've just really dated myself with that reference. Hey, yeah, that was an old one. That was, <laughs> I don't think that the kids these days don't know what that no. is. Okay. Boomer. L- look at, look into some vintage Tom Hanks, enrich your life. Tom <laughs> Hanks is for the culture, but those dudes he was with after he dropped her off. Well, not dropped her off, but like yeah. made sure she was good. And then went to hang with the, the source. Bro- what do they call those guys? The- oh, the distro, distro guys. guys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which this was a fun cameo. Did you catch Connor O'Malley, uh, Aidy Bryant's husband, and also just big time comedy guy was one of the uh, was one of the the distro guys. Not so I loved that little that he was like the lead distro guy. So I liked I always liked the bonding between like the IRL husband and the on screen love interest. I thought that was a nice little touch. He's um go eighty. He's cute. He's super cute. He's he does the. I feel like he's bi- he's a big like. He was he was on. Um, I think you should leave, which is my biggest obsession right now. I've watched it a hundred times. I'm terrified which of is that the, show. Yeah, I'm. I tried to get you to watch it at my house. You're like, that's not my. I can't do it. It's <laughs> so. It is terrifying. It's so freaking good. But he's he plays a similar character in that where he's just a lot of screaming, a lot of screaming, but a delight. And so yeah, I'm obsessed with the two of them as a pair. If you haven't looked up their wedding photos, do they're so cool and i'm obsessed with them anyway that is fully a sidebar i love that in the scene it is just a showcase of ruthie's absolute insanity um and just just completely unhinged like i like she she rips the earrings off of 80s face and she's like they're my mother's a a woman belongs in the home especially a mom like all these little asides you have to listen to every word out of her mouth because it's all insane there's nothing normal out of her mouth and i truly in love with the that. hinge is not on the door in that character 
<laughs> but it's in this this is an example of like this show getting to sort of uh get to expand in the sense of like digging into the weirdness of these characters um instead of us just getting sort of high level snippets we get we're now getting into into the underbelly of them a little bit and i'm i just i just love it i love that I, this whole this whole scene in the in the skate roller rink was just like a love letter to ruthie and i Adore I it. do love I'm st- the okay Ruthie's starting to grow on me but at the same time I can't help but to feel personally slighted by the fact that someone that bat shit has a full-time job with benefits <laughs> that's true especially when she calls her boss her what was it her gay grandpa I like that's she really <laughs> really pushes it but that's a very good point some people have benefits and it's truly amazing that they have yeah. access to that that level of life um, so we see Amadi and his wife again. We've seen his wife once before at uh, the gallery last year. And then sh- we saw her again at this event. Uh, Leslie Grossman is her name. She's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, most recently, I was recognizing her from, um, she's been on The Good Place playing Eleanor's mom, oh, if you watch that yes, show. Yes. Um, she's so funny. She's one of those actresses that's been in like a hundred movies that you'll, you see her and you're like, oh, I know her from something. You know her from everything. She's been in everything for the last 20 years. Super funny. Love the two of their energy. Like, total couple goals. Happy that Annie has a sort of role model of, like, a normal, healthy relationship. Yeah. They're also off the rails. Uh, Like, I love that she's just like, Annie, can you guard the door so I can have sex with my husband in the bathroom? But, like, beautiful. They're having a night out together away from the kids. Get it on. I love it. Truly. They're like, honestly, they're, they're, I think, aspirational millennials. Yeah. Older millennials. That's so true. That's like what we're all aiming yeah. for. You know, like decently successful, happy, having fun, hooking up in a roller rink bathroom, just yeah. like living your best life. Also, love them. Oh, I love how you were talking about how you see Leslie, her name is. Yes. yes Leslie, Leslie Grossman. Leslie Grossman in so many things. I just had that kind of moment the other night watching Frasier. We watch a lot of Frasier in our household. You love Frasier more than anyone I've ever met. (laughs) It's such a weird quality in your personality. I know, I know. (laughs) But um, Frasier's upstairs neighbor and arch nemesis, Cam Winston, is the same actor who played uh, Hillary Banks' deceased fiancé, Trevor Newsworthy, on Fresh Prince. Right? Mind blown. I'm not even going to react to that one. That is su- that is like left field, but I love it. I'm so happy for you that you made that connection. Thank you. Thank- it is, it's a it's a new day. It's a whole new day. Like I just I feel so revitalized <laughs> as a human. Well, I'm so happy. I'm happy this this current Frasier rewatch is going so well for Thank you. you. Um, so your favorite. Uh, Gabe is here again. And I'm trying to remember if you had said this comment that Gabe looks like Cruella DeVille. Yeah, I said he looks like Dollar Tree Cruella DeVille. Okay, thank you. I thought you had because when they said it on the show, I was like, somebody from the show is listening to our podcast. Uh, But it's true. Gabe looks like Cruella DeVille. The kids call him out on it. Clearly, he's having an identity crisis because everybody, he's like, this, this thing about him being old is really getting into his feels so that sort of him make him getting made fun of by ruthie and the kids sort of sets the scene for his meltdown that he's about to have later ruthie's 24 by the way did you now was that older or younger than you expected uh i don't know i guess ruthie's timeless 
Right? They're like no age feels correct. Right. Right. Like when I loved when she was like, yeah, I'm 24, but I know I look 16. <laughs> I was like, you kind of do, but also like not at yeah. all. It's she really is. She's like a she's like an alien. Yeah. It's just there's not even there. You can't put age. You, on, on you can't her. put an age on someone who doesn't blink as much as she doesn't blink. That's true. That's you true. You can't clock that. God. I love her. Um, So the other person I love, the other bit character from last year that we're starting to see a little bit of, uh, Maureen, the IT girl. Love her. Um, I thought it was really sweet the way she came up to Annie and she was like, you know, it really meant a lot to a lot of us, you standing up to Gabe. And that was cool because I feel like we didn't really get that validation at all after she did what she did that it was actually good. And Mm. I'll be the first one to say it was super stupid for her to like quit her job and you know especially when you're a journalist and it's hard to get work and i was like that was you know the the economically minded side of me I was like that was stupid but it was really nice that she was able to get that validation finally that she did something good yeah know? i mean but and, and like i said it, it in this kind of setting you got to shake the table especially to someone who is an ally but not self-aware totally right like just trash ally like real bad ally. yeah yeah. Um, so she brought, so Maureen brought over some white Russians, which just don't ever drink white Russians. Have you had one? That's a terrible. Yes. They taste good, but they make you throw up. Yeah. No, I didn't have that happen to. Okay. Way back in the day. Story time, children. Uh-oh. It's story time. Everyone get out your popcorn. <laughs> I need some music that's like for no, Tookie sto- story no. time. Okay. This isn't like story time like that time my coworker apologized to me on behalf of all white people after the election. Like it's not that deep. But <laughs> but uh, way back in the day, I briefly dated a uh, prog rock keyboardist who is half Russian and Ooh. he made a mean white Russian. I had three at a, at a swanky hookah party on Beacon Hill in Boston. <laughs> did not yak if you make them wet if you make them right if you make them well you won't yak i just feel like mixing a lot of dairy with alcohol is never a good idea you know what i mean like even i love a good espresso martini or something but like one right because the milk is just feels it feels like a bad choice it's not a good idea but if you make them (laughs) if you make them well nobody dies I just, if you make a white Russian well, nobody dies. That's, that's, that's the lesson that we learn, ladies and gentlemen. Clearly, these were not the bowling, at, or excuse me, the, the roller rink white Russians were not made well because they did not hit the right way. Um, so I like that she, so clearly Maureen's drink of choice is the white, white Russian, which is just hilarious. And I like her stories. Like, I just want to hear a whole book of Maureen's stories. I, I um, want her on audiobook. Yes, just talking about her like like she's like, Oh, I made out with a Russian, but he didn't talk, so I just assumed he was Russian. <laughs> I was like, You're another weirdo. Like, what is going on in your brain? And then she talks about Did I tell you about the time my brother tried to wear a top hat to school? It's long, but it's worth it. Like, no, it's not. And then she's talking about her brother is hot. I'm like, I just love us getting all these delightful weirdos. I love all of them. Yeah. I. Oh, man. I wonder if it's the case that any of these characters would get a spinoff or like a miniseries. Or like, you know how for a hot second, Real Housewives of Atlanta's token white person, Kim, uh, had Don't Be Tardy to the Party? 
I do. I've heard a little bit of this. It's not, yes. it's not good. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like, you know more about it than I do. I it's not good. But like, I kind of want, or like when they do little spinoffs, like Portia's having a baby or Candy's getting married, like little, you know, spinoffs of the main show. Like, I want this. I want this. I want web series and stuff. I would love web series is perfect because I I get like they shoot these up they shoot these series uh, excuse me they, they shoot these seasons when everyone's on break from SNL so they do it over the summer but like a lot of these guys even though eighties busy we could do a little bit of we could do a web series with some of these characters like they're nuts and I I want more of them so speaking of our favorite absolute psychopaths Ruthie then skates into the middle of the rink. And announces there is an active shooter and that active shooter is about me. That, excuse me. And that active shooter is me because I'm about to blow your fucking mind. Um, that's It's a mood. That's 2020, baby. Yeah. Love it. That's just... I just felt like that was worth mentioning because she's fucking nuts. Shout right? out to our jaded youth in America. That's true. It's these these millenn- these, these gen, gen, gen Yers coming up. Gen Z. Yeah. They're just... They've got no fear. Nah. So just to love, I said, just, I said, loving these moments of Ruthie's insanity. Also, I love, I love that it's at a roller rink. Like, okay, this is going to be a very specific niche reference solely for black listeners in Boston. But like, imagine <laughs> if they shot this at Shea Vu's. Imagine. Oh boy. Oh boy! I c- was this a big like '90s hotspot? It's it's still around. It's still in operation. It is the Ooh. spot in Mattapan, deep in Mattapan. Uh, you got to go way out. Um, but it is the roller rink where uh, you know you can roller skate and listen to Drake, and it's not ironic. That sounds amazing. Should we go? I mean, we should go. And- You're gonna stick out, but we'll go and we'll have a great time. <laughs> I think that'll be fun. We'll podcast about it. It'll be great. Don't hold me to okay. it. But I like this <laughs> idea. Um, <laughs> so uh, so we then see Gabe in the bathroom. Everyone's doing drugs. Uh, they're doing ketamine. Uh, Gabe walks in and does his line, which is, I invented drugs. <laughs> I want to know if somebody out there is keeping a list of all the things that Gabe invented, because I know he invented feminism in the 90s. Uh, he now invented drugs. I feel like he thinks he invented a lot of these things, and I, I respect his confidence. Do we take a shot every time Gabe claims to have invented something? Yes, I love that. Uh, we'll take a shot now every time you shout out to somebody. Right. Or to an object. Right. Or to a fictional creature. Or express rage oh. at an inanimate object, because like, apparently that's a thing. I, I didn't even realize I did that, but oh well, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll take shots for that, and then we'll take shots for um, when Gabe invents something. Yes. Uh, so yeah... Does Gabe does a lot of the drugs, too many drugs, just judging from everyone's reaction. Um, and then uh, and then AD goes AD goes to, to Ryan. And at this point, she's definitely starting to get the drunk, the drunk voice. Yeah. And I like that Annie's I like this this AD Bryant choice that Annie's drunk voice is like a baby. <laughs> she's got little baby talk that comes out. And I respect that because we all have our things that come out when we've had too many white Russians, mm-hmm. theoretically. Um, and I, I like the choice that hers is a baby. That is a very specific choice. That's a very specific kind of drunk. It what is, is your and drunk voice? So... Oh, that's a good. I feel like I got really. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get through a sentence without laughing at myself. Um, and it's definitely that it's like gets softer like that or it just gets very, very mm. loud. 
And I'm just like, everyone needs to listen to My me. volume goes up about two decibels and I sound like Judy Garland. Like, it's a lot. R.I.P. to the I think, goat. I need to, wait, I need to hear that. Uh, well, you only saw me maybe two champagnes deep. That was different. Yes. That was- <laughs> no, that was casual. That was like a, you had a show that night. You know what I mean? You had kept it professional. True. But yeah, three, <laughs> Judy Garland, three, three champagnes. We'll get there. After we go rollerblading in Mattapan, we're going to, excuse me, roller skating. Thank you. Um, it's fair. So I said, why is it cute when Ryan gives her a fake phone? I, I found it cute. Something is happening to me and I don't, I can't explain it. I'm starting to find Ryan cute. So she has this total drunk meltdown where she's drunk baby 80. Um, and he's actually successful for a moment in like bringing her down and talking to her like an adult. Yeah. And he's just sort of like, you're Okay. This is going to be fine. It's weird because he, wa- I, I, I appreciate you asking that question because he was talking to her <laughs> like an adult, but at the same time, his whole vibe, his whole behavior felt appropriate in that context because it's, because he's very high school boyfriend and that's a very high school date. <sighs> that's so true. And so that's why it, it was, it was like cute. He was behaving like a really good high school boyfriend. Yeah. But not like an adult man. Yeah. Boyfriend. That's a good point. That's a good point. And so maybe that's what it is, is like my nostalgia. It's like, oh, he's being sweet and he's being cute. But it's also like you're still a, a little boy. So Yeah, so, I feel like that's why it was a, it felt right in that context. Yeah, but it didn't it didn't last long. Mm. Like she cal- he calmed her down, but it didn't last long. Immediately, <laughs> she goes over to the DJ and is just just freaking out. And my favorite part is when she just takes the stuffed phone to her ear and says, hello, 911, can you please kill me and then bury my body in the dump? And I need this as a meme. So if somebody could meme that moment for me, it just felt very evergreen. It's very 2020 at this point. 911, could you please kill me and then bury my body in the dump? So she, after she's yelling at the DJ, she sees Amadi, goes over to him, and I just, he is such a good friend He's to so her. so good to her. Like he is the everybody else is off the rails in the show. He's very funny, but is like a normal adult man, and that that it sort of provides a really stark juxtaposition to the rest of them and all the chaos because he's just like a normal dude who's got his shit together. He doesn't give her a hard time about lying. He convinces her to get her job back, mm-hmm. um, which finally because this whole this whole season I'm sort of like, why isn't anybody gonna? Be, like tell Annie that she needs to like get her job back instead of stealing baguettes from her parents (laughs) because you know it was a good it's like yes Gabe was a piece of shit but like that that was a good job and you were gonna have a good thing going there and you got a lot of views you know what I mean so I he was such a good friend to her I know we hype up Fran a lot but I have to say like with Amadi being um another person of color in the storyline it's nice to see a black male who is maybe like on the fringes of the storyline as a whole but like it's nice to see a black man um in a sitcom in a story and not just like on the sideline like yo 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 uh what up bro i'm i'm only half black don't judge me don't judge my lack of a black scent, please. Uh, but like, it's really nice to see him also not be a trope and like have this um, this really grounded image of a black man who's stable and is the voice of reason in a bunch of people's lives and is managing. And it's not goofy. Like he's just managing. He's the boss. Totally. He's competent. He's a good husband. He's a good friend. Like he's just the solid straight man who is 
a, a good force in her life mm. to like he's a good foil to her spinning out like he's the one who's got his shit together and helps bring her back yeah to being an adult it's really just reassuring to look at this portrayal of a, a black man who is just a provider and stable in a setting and is genuine and is not again like with fran's case not a trope it's true. I we, you're right. We don't talk about that piece of Amadi's character as much. Like he's, but he's an amazing example of that as well. Mm-hmm. I also love that he, when he's trying to convince her to get the job back, he points out that Gabe feels like an old, closed-minded jerk. Mm. So in this moment, we learn that, like, okay, you know what. All of the shit that happened season one with Annie actually did kind of get through to him. And he is realizing that he was being like performatively woke and he wasn't actually like being an ally to fat people. He wasn't actually like he was actually being terrible. And so it was only one line. And so it may, you know, we have to take it, take it for what it was. But I was like, okay, that's a good sign. I think this is a sign that Gabe might be exhibiting some growth yeah yeah um but i have so many questions about this scene with gay okay um i i have embraced fully embraced the fact that i'm an old millennial and slightly decrepit Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i never expected somebody to take it so personally that the kids don't know who captain and tenille are (laughs) like he got big mad you pieces of shit (laughs) I have never seen anyone take something so personally. He really did. That hurt his feelings. It got him right in the feefees, right in the failings. That one, that one got to him. <laughs> so, so before she get back, she she goes back to talk to Gabe. She just had one moment that I feel like I would be remiss if I did not mention. Which again, where she uses this amazing prop of the cell phone, the stuffed stuffed ninety cell I phone. I want one of those. I want one too. And she just says, oh, at the end of the conversation with Amadi, she calls him an angel and she says, you actually have a call from God and he wants to thank you for your service (laughs) and skates away. And I just, what a beautiful friendship. I love a good male, female friendship without any like sexual undertones. Just like I stand. I love it. There's no, will they, won't they? It's just two humans who respect one another. It's not all about having sex with each other, it's guys. That's not about dropping dick or whatever the female equivalent of that would be. Oh, we're not going to go back there. I said some things last episode that were gross. <laughs> we're not gonna, okay. And, okay. I, and I haven't gotten any feedback on what the appropriate version of what the female version of dropping dick I is. I need to know. Listeners, please. We need answers. Please. The truth is this out is there. Important. X-Files theme. As, as Gabe said while Annie was begging, I love a long please. Please. <laughs> so... Moving to Annie and Gabe's conversation, uh, this is such a, just poetry, like drunk Annie and Gabe in his quote K-hole where he is extremely high on ketamine is just poetry. She does such a good job, even in her drunk stage of her drunk state of navigating this discussion. She's stroking his ego, talking about how much she admires her as she admires him. Um, And honestly, a lot of actually interesting interesting things came out in this conversation um and he sort of asks for her respect and is like i've done this for a long time i need you to respect me um which is fair fair because frankly like their dynamic in season one was extremely toxic in a lot of ways but she also it's like you were kind of she was kind of acting like a millennial like you that's your boss like you have to kind of treat him like your boss um and then 
I like what he said. He said to her, you need to learn what the rules are before you break them. And I was like, wow, that is so wise. Like that is the wisdom of somebody who's super high and is about to go to a a bad place. But right now they're making perfect sense. You need to learn what the rules are before you break them. I was like, that's such a good way of like a good piece of advice for moving through the professional world. Yeah, that's definitely that 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 why that weird brief moment of like what's that lucidity clarity yeah right yeah lucidity is yeah right before right before things yeah but what does it say so i more questions what does it say about gabe and what does it say about what the job entails that it takes him doing all the ketamine for annie to get her job back he did it's so much all the ketamine also also i've never felt more uncool in my listen i have never been cool enough to like been to have been consistently offered drugs at parties i've been (laughs) not consistently consistently is the key word there once in a while but not consistently okay right like i uh, i was taking meetings in los angeles and Mm, humble (laughs) and like we're just chilling in these people's backyard and somebody just is like hey you want any and i'm like i don't know what's in that bag and i was like oh no no i'm like so like for the first time in my life two years ago i was offered cocaine in a casual setting i declined because like no not my thing not 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 for me right but everyone remembers the, the first time they were offered everyone cocaine. remembers it and i was like wow i'm finally cool <laughs> <laughs> being cool kids isn't about doing cocaine it's just about being offered it's the cocaine. offer that counts don't do it this don't is- do it but like it's the offer this is some some mom is going to email us and be like real pissed off. But I'm also going to be like, why are your kids listening to this podcast? This is clearly real, clearly rated explicit content. I put it on every episode because I never know what shit's going to come out of your mouth. And also, or I'm a graduate of drug abuse resistance education. Like, don't do drugs. Thank you. Like, don't don't. But like, having been off being offered cocaine. Like, okay, <laughs> just feel like a so. Badass. There's the difference, right? There's the difference when you're offered the drugs, except. Gabe took all the, he took all the drugs, right? Like he just move over and just did all the ketamine. Not cool. Which that stuff is expensive <laughs> as far as I've heard. Okay. Don't mom. I don't do ketamine. I don't do dr- I don't do that kind of, I, anything I do is very legal, but that seems like it would be expensive. And I would be like, I mean, you're going to pay me back for that. Cause that was a lot. Um, also because apparently her drug dealer died yeah. after. Um, so this is this is going to become harder for them to get. Anyway, I had a lot of drug That's questions. That's like rent money's worth of ketamine right there on that table. <laughs> Especially because we're in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> and rent there is like $5 as far as I understand. Okay. Um, so, uh, so we're then so then gabe gives her a look this is you see him make the turn where he's like being lucid he's being good and then he turns and things go like the eyes go dead and he just goes help me get out of my body (laughs) shout out to that actor his acting right there like that is brilliant john cameron mitchell baby like that was a moment that was a performance so annie's dragging him outside i don't understand this like subplot of the claw machine vigilantes like i don't get i'm i'm just i'm happy connor o'malley is there i'm happy to see ryan having fun i guess but i'm just like guys leave the leave the machine but have you ever done battle with one of those things (laughs) not to the point where i take it out in the parking lot and smash it open to get a watch but yes they're they're mean okay you're not meant to i've never taken it to that extreme but i feel like i've been in a lot of fights 
with <laughs> arcade games. You're really telling on yourself this episode of how cool you are. <laughs> You're like, I am a graduate of dick, okay? I got the teddy bear. I no shame. No shame. Little little bit of shame. <laughs> anyway, so I do appreciate how quickly Ryan ditches those guys to go help Amy uh, help Annie get get Gabe out of the car she puts Gabe into the Uber uh, and I love I love she just goes Monday you might be my boss but today you are my baby and babies get a kiss I really hope it doesn't affect her Uber rating side note side note but yeah this was a perfect example of how I just love these little like moments of of what feels like 80 Bryant conversation like just Mm. like weird little ways of speaking that i love but yes that was my first reaction as well because as somebody who tends to be the uh, mature party and getting people into ubers this has happened many times in my life i'm like give me your phone i am getting the uber on your phone i had the worst now this is story time with yes here for it it was my birthday and one of my friends got very drunk and so i put her in the car sorry if she's listening not gonna say her name i took her in the car with me and I told the driver I was like look she's throwing up a lot Ugh. so I had my arms over the back of her shoulder holding the bag in front of her face oh, no. just a nightmare I was like I'm so I was like I'm promise I'm not gonna let any puke get on the seat please don't give me a bad rating Ugh. I really need my uber rating but that was my first reaction as well to this scene is that is a risky move especially when he cannot pick himself right. up somebody should have gone home right. with him if you were a really nice friend but that's just me saying. also what kind of bag did you have for your oh like a pla- like a little like a um like a grocery mm, bag okay or like a like a plastic okay you know cvs bag or something this was back in like 20 before they banned so pl- plastic bags were a thing yeah. yeah this is kids back in our day <laughs> we would go to the grocery store when we didn't give a shit about the planet we would uh anyway so that it was it was a plastic bag yeah. but uh so so i i hope that gabe made it home in, in one and piece. did not fuck um, up annie's rating i really hope so i just love that she goes tyler you're going to have a baby on board. <laughs> That's such an 80 so thing. Sweet. I love glimpses of 80 coming out in Annie's character. There's so much. And I love it. It's so funny. Um, and then, you know, she puts him in the car. This is the best night of my life. Cut to puking. Not in the toilet. In the bathtub. Yikes. Yikes. Big yikes. <clears throat> Truly relatable. And we, I think we've uh, we've all had this moment where... It's the first time, like, with a new partner when you are just disgusting. Like, Mm. whether you're sick, whether you drank too much, and you're just like, I'm horrible. (laughs) You're never going to want to touch me again. And so I I loved that they showed the side of her, right? Like, they show all of the different sides, like, the different sides of her and different sides of her personality and showing the humanity of her just being being a piece of shit. So, like, in this moment, I have critique and praise, right? All right, let's okay. go. Critique. Ah. Ryan and Annie are, st- I mean, okay, every couple should be free to be gross in the privacy of their own home. But like, this is a display of gross on th- in, in three episodes so far, three consecutive episodes, or at least episode one and three so far, where they're like, just being gross, like bodily gross. That's true. The hygiene in that relationship isn't amazing. It's not great. And I don't, I hope that it doesn't do anything to further that narrative that false narrative about like larger people being less hygienic 
Mm, right that's true so like that's my concern a little bit that's fair because like because like every couple is allowed to be a little gross like you know, be a little right. gross you know in our own sniff ways. you man's pits every now and then just go all right that's what you're saying again <laughs> tell on yourself <laughs> but uh, right so like but but i just i'm i feel like i'm a little sensitive to that maybe maybe more so on her behalf but i i, I don't know but but yeah, that, that's but fair. it's just <sighs> We're we're used to seeing straight sized, um, skinny couples or whatever being gross, or like the the skinny girl eating a whole pizza because it's cute because she's mm. skinny. Um, so I really hope that people people who watch who maybe um, don't have empathy or understanding for bo- body positivity and representation of larger people don't look at that like oh see see so gross like i just really hope that's not an entry point i think that's fair i think they're doing it sparingly Mm -hmm. enough that i don't i don't have i don't i don't have the same reaction to it but i do see what you're saying and i think that that's an important thing to consider as you're writing for fat people is to not write into those right so like two-day puss hilarious but I don't want it (laughs) but I don't want it to you know serve as a a a door ajar for Mm -hmm. any sort of um, criticism like that but praise more praise because again I love seeing these glimpses of A.D. Bryant emerge within the character of Annie and I love that she's again I personally don't enjoy using this word but I love that she is a fat woman who's funny not it's funny because she's fat it's yeah i completely i completely agree i do think it's interesting you not to this is a conversation for i think a longer podcast is about the f the f Mm. word and the you know fat and things like Mm -hmm. that and i and i think that's definitely a conversation worth getting into at some point you know because i think it's interesting ad bryant is very vocal about being like i'm fat call me fat we're taking the power away from that word Mm. Um, and I think over time I've become more that way, but it's, it's definitely still a sensitive thing, but either, either way to your point, it's like, let's be sensitive about the way that we're, mm-hmm. you know, making humor around mm-hmm. fat people. Um, so I think that's, that's, true. I have a definitely, I definitely have a very complex relationship with that word. And I think yeah. because, because of that complex relationship, I won't get into the whole story for our listeners, but another day, another day. um, but as someone who has been called fat, and for decades and maliciously so um and and who had been recently told that i cannot (laughs) i cannot um uh have have uh, my story is no longer valid right if you're curious about that you can go back and listen to our last episode of last season yes we get into it in in depth depth about uh some feedback yes um like again i'm very I'm very sensitive about using that word just because if I say, if, if I were to reference myself as fat, I, I have been on the other end where it's like somebody smaller than me being like, I'm so fat. And it, you feel like, well, what the fuck am I? Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm very careful about using that, especially to describe other people. Um, but I love that AD Bryant is hilarious the jokes in this show are hilarious and it's not a fat joke it's not it's like it's not one big fat joke exactly i think at the end of the day that's the that's one of the most beautiful things about this show is it's it's never the the joke is never that somebody is Mm. fat 
It's never at their expense. So um, the last big thing that happened in this episode is Ryan is the first to say he loves her. Um, And you know what? This is, I feel like in this moment, I am seeing them for the first time as two people who are like kind of on the same level. Like their lives are a little bit of a cluster, but like there's a level of respect and like attraction. And the fact that they're making out after throwing up, which again, disgusting, (laughs) not okay with that, but like, I'm kind of on board with it. And again, we've said this like over time, we're on board, we're off, we're on rough, but right now I'm on at the end of this. I'm like, okay, you know what? Growth. We're seeing growth. I like, yeah, I, I just, I hope maybe there is a clarification of the kind of love because we see we see love in a platonic sense, like love in her relationship with Amadi, love in her relationship with Fran. Um, that's definitely, I, I would call more sisterhood. I mean, not to be all kumbaya granola, but <laughs> sisterhood, kinship kind of love. Um, <clears throat> obviously, filial love with the parents. So it's like, is what what is, how does Ryan's romantic love manifest? I'm mm. curious as to what that entails for the rest of the season, but how stunted is he in his emotional growth? It's true because we're only now about a month and a half into their relationship. Like it's still really, really fresh. Official relationship. Um, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see how like that develops. Um, one last point that I did have on this scene that I loved um, was I love when Ryan gives her butt a big butt grab Mm. he he loves the butt and i love this is just a moment where it's like again we're seeing that intimacy that we don't normally see with fat women on screen and he is like getting in there when they're laying and making out he just goes in and just like handles it and i'm like all right i love that we get to see her be desired and i just think that's a really cool every woman deserves to feel that desired and like a man who loves you will take a whole palm full of that ass like Right? It's beautiful. Thank you. I try. I'm a real wordsmith. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's where we'll we'll end it for today. Uh, what a, this was a good chat, Tookie. I loved this episode. I love talking about this one. It was a really this great was one. a really fun one. Um, good episode, all in all, loving the season. So we are going to be back next Friday. Uh, we're dropping episodes every Friday, recapping one of the episodes from the season. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed. If you would be so kind, we would love if you could leave us, leave us a quick little review. It makes uh, it a lot easier for folks to find us. So whether it's on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, hit that little five stars button. It takes 10 seconds. Um, make sure you are following all of our social media accounts. We are on Twitter and Instagram at loudwomenpod. Uh, I am at hi, this is Marissa on Twitter and Instagram. Tookie is at Tookie Monster. Oh God, don't, uh, do it, don't do it. So many don't rants. You're going to love it. You're gonna if you love what she says on here, you're gonna love her on the internet. Oy. So we will uh, we'll be back with you guys next week. In the meantime, have fun, love yourselves, and uh, grab some butt. Gre- Listen, condition your pubes, get you a man who will take a palmful of dead ass, and stay hydrated in these streets. We love you. We love you. <laughs> Bye. I think we give really good advice. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>